welcome back to another episode of Film and Other Drugs. Today we're looking at Breaking Bad Season 3, Episodes 7, 8 and 9. You're here with me, Nora and Selma. Hi, Selma. Hey, everybody. Hey. Um, so, we're about to dive into a really action-packed episode, Episode 7. Um, but first, we get to see a little, like, a flashback. We get more of Hector Salamanca and... The, the cousins that we've been kind of getting glimpses of as kids and they're playing and we see how he kind of teaches them the importance of family, which was quite scary to, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you want him dead. Let's see how yeah. badly you want him dead. Yeah. I mean, it worked. And now they're like, you know, they seem inseparable and like the best assassins in the business, essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it. I thought it was. It's interesting how they decide to like teach lessons to each other through violence, because yeah. it turns them into the kind of people who would resort resort to violence. Right. Right. Yeah. And it would make sense why Tuco was so crazy if that's what he was raised into. Yes. Yeah. You kind of see the reckless. Or the younger generation, super violent, but it had to come from somewhere. And it's nice to see little clips of like how they came to be that way. It would have been nice to see Tuco as a kid as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Well, maybe we'll get that at some point. But um, but yeah, I thought it was it was really sweet the how the boys were playing with each other, and then and then it suddenly turned dark, and then we get then we get to see them. In the present day. Yeah. Um, and they're out for blood, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, of course, Fring in the last episode uh, gave them Hank's name. So now they, yeah. they have somewhere to direct their rage uh, for family. So now we yeah. understand why they are so hell-bent on getting revenge for Tuco's death. Uh, because that's, that's what they've learned. That's what they were taught. Yeah, like, it's, it's almost like... If anyone's going to kill family, it should be you. <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like, how dare... It's like, you know, when, when you're making fun of your sibling or something and someone else makes fun of them and you're like, you can't make fun of them, only I can make fun of them. <laughs> almost like that. Um, it's such a weird vibe that I get with the sort of cartel and things like that. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, this it's is definitely a, a where... warped upbringing. Right. Exactly. I think this is where Hank also, we, we, when we jump forward to Hank, he, it's nice seeing him as like a stand-up guy, right? Um, he, he, well, he beats Jesse to a pulp, but he kind of ends up not covering it up like Marie wanted him to. Right, like he recognized in the middle of beating poor Jesse yeah. that what he was doing was wrong, and he, he definitely righted that wrong. But, you know, when it comes to family, again, you know, he's got that blind spot, but he's also, it's like his weakness. So hurting his family also will kind of get a rise out of him. And so at this point, you know, thinking that somebody knows his wife, you know, I feel like he was being protective of Marie in this sense. Yeah. But also yeah, kind no, of maybe his ego. <laughs> Yeah, I was just about to say, it doesn't feel as egotistic as if if it were uh, Walt, I feel like it would be more driven by ego and it would be more obvious. But I feel like 
seeing how Hank almost had a panic attack on the way to the hospital and the way he reacted, you know, he was so happy to hear her, like, overjoyed, overjoyed to hear that she was okay. Which I think she was asking him what he wanted for dinner or something. And mm-hmm. it's so nice seeing how protective he is of her um, because they, they're all they've got. They don't have kids. They're not, you know, it's not like they go and visit her, her mum and dad. They do obviously have Walt's family, but that's, there's only so much you can get in terms of intimacy and closeness from someone else's family yeah right so they're incredibly close and yeah it's kind of endearing to see but it's also like wow like she is your weak spot and someone got to you through her and it's kind of it's for him i guess that's what he's trying to do he's trying to erase the thing erase jesse because he thinks jesse's the reason or the problem right. maybe and of course yeah. i mean i think at this point he hadn't really slept He's been eating like shit because they showed yeah. how he's been sitting in his truck, you know, just watching Jesse's house and the wrappers, the food wrappers are piling up. So yeah. he's not really in the right headspace for this situation. And I mean, yeah. we're talking, he's probably been up for over 28, four to 48 hours. And Jesse and Walt, though he didn't know it, get one over on him in a big way trigger his protective button basically because they use marie and that was it it's like showing a a a red uh cape to a bull that's exactly what he looked like when he charged towards jesse (laughs) that's a great image he does feel that way especially in that scene but just generally as well sometimes i feel like he just sees red yeah yeah Yeah. he's he's very um emotionally driven that's why I think he follows his hunches too. Like he doesn't discount the little things, the signs, the the patterns, you know. And even though nobody else sees it, he does. Um, yeah. But I think that's also his his weakness, and that he's he's very quick to judgment. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice. Yeah, I guess we do see two sides of him, like you said, the emotion and emotional side. But once he's kind of calm down it's great to see that he is not he's just willing to put his hands up and say i fucked up and yeah i think in this show it's kind of nice to have that it's refreshing to see a right. person with good morals like who else is this much of a stand-up person i can't he's, think of anyone else. i agree Maybe he's like a palate cleanser for Walt and how yeah averse averse he is to taking accountability <laughs> yeah yeah and like you were saying um last episode about like the locus of is it locus or locum of control or something the locus of control yeah yeah i feel like hank is not the type to blame others right it's internal so he thinks that it, he knows that all that happened was his doing and it could have yeah. come out differently had he made different decisions right that, that's what makes him such a good person yeah and he even admits, like, okay, so he admits to the DA or the DEA what happened, uh, at least in that moment, even though Marie's like, you should lie. You should lie. Tell them he, he attacked you first, Jesse. Say, tell, tell them that Jesse attacked you first. And he's like, no. And he just starts to just finally confide in Marie, where Marie's just been kind of assuming that these things that have been occurring in, in his life that he's told her about are affecting him emotionally. Now he's actually admitting that 
it does affect him emotionally. And he even says, you know, killing Tuco did it. You know, ever since he killed that guy, he's been kind of losing it. And he's like, he, he's deciding he's going to quit. He's not going to be a cop anymore. Um, that he doesn't want to do this. And it's kind of sad to see because he's so good at his job. But it's become a point of... It's to the point where it's unhealthy for him to keep going. Yeah, he's not managing and he needs a break from it, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also really nice in this show to see Marie and Hank's relationship in more detail, like more depth, especially how he does have to rely on her. And and I think it's, where is it um, when he, they get into the lift and he um, cries into her kind of thing? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that was so beautiful. I was just like, yeah, he needs that privacy, of course. He's not going to do it in the corridor, obviously in the yeah. lift, in the elevator. Um, but it's like she's his his safe space. It's really sweet. Yeah. It's very sweet. Like, you can tell that they are really good to each other. Even in the, um, there was a scene, I think it was in the last um, three episodes, where he came home. Mm. After I think he was searching for uh, the RVs at that point. And so he's in the shower. He'd been gone all night. He's in the shower. She hadn't seen him. And she goes to him and she asks him questions. And she's um, giving him suggestions on how, you know, he can maybe help himself. Because she can see how he's degrading emotionally. And he starts going off. Like he's in the shower and he's just so frustrated and he kind of starts taking it out on her. And instead of her like rising and starting to fight back, she disengages and she just walks away. And I thought, you know, that's kind of healthy because nothing was going to come out of that. You know, there was nothing she could have said to make him feel better. He needed to cool off. So that was the perfect thing to do. So she's she's actually exactly what he needs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to see a relationship um, sort of in this day and age, a a sort of traditional type of uh, role, like where the woman is more feminine and the guy's more macho, because I think that tends to be negatively stigmatized or like stereotyped these days. Like a guy who's too macho is just going to beat the woman and the woman who's just too feminine isn't being herself. And it's like, in this show, you kind of see the depths of what that actually means and that she is a very strong woman and she is um, not controlling him, but she, she does get what she wants in many ways and vice versa. And they're there for each other. And like that lift scene where she's holding him and he's crying into her, it's like, okay, the macho man does need a woman who is very strong and she is very strong. It's just not, right. she doesn't also need to be masculine and macho like he is. Um, and I also think it's just a great example of why or how opposites in relationship balances out. So, I mean, it, it could still also work out the other way. And I think um, Skylar and uh, Walt kind of need to, needed to recalibrate to figure that bit out. Right. Because to figure out, yeah. Yeah, because I think also, they're both vying for dominance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think Marie and Hay, um, but and perhaps it is more traditional right. on the outside, and it's nice to see how do those traditional relationships work out in a healthy way on the inside, and I think we get to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Versus the unhealthy way that everybody's obsessed with talking about. It's like, you know, sometimes <laughs> it, it is uh, the strengths that we each bring to the table that make the relationship. 
and they're not yeah. the same strengths, you know, because somebody, everybody has weakness. So the yeah. good thing is to be strong where the other is weak. Exactly. And that, I think that's the quicker you identify your strengths and weaknesses on your own in yourself, the quicker you can figure out um, the type of person that you need and that would need you and that you can help. Because I think some people, um, just sort of talking about culture now, a little bit of a tangent, but some people kind of assume, oh, if they just become the dutiful stereotype that they're supposed to be, that they're going to find someone and be perfect together. But actually, it is about being authentic to yourself. And I think Breaking Bad reveals the importance of that through Walt assuming a false role early on and then taking Skylar on and being like, well, I'm just going to do the power dynamic thing or, right. you know. So, yeah, authenticity point for sure. is important. And it's important to go to someone who has your where you are weak and like you were saying just kind of balance each other out but yeah i do think in this day right. age, yeah people are so scared of like admitting where they are, they are weak maybe and kind of going i can do everything on my own well if you can then why do you need anyone why is anyone going to be welcomed into your life you know right and i think that's the kind of issue that skylar and walt have because walt yeah. does not like to admit his weaknesses in fact he hates his weaknesses because um, I know he knows them, you know, but like we were saying before, he sees those weaknesses in Jesse and we see how he treats Jesse. So you can only imagine the negative self-talk he has for himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, somebody being good at your weaknesses is also a threat. And I think <laughs> that's where it becomes difficult to be with a person that's like that, you know? Yeah, like when you're insecure um, to the to the level that I think Walt is and you kind of live the life full of regret, you're, yeah, you're going to bully the person who has your weaknesses and hate, can take care of you in those ways. There's no level of like, I don't know, just humility, a willingness to learn. It just feels like it just went wrong from the moment he... I don't know. I feel like by the end of the show, it's, we'll be able to talk more about how it went wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like yeah. he has this warped sense of self. And yeah. so he views everyone else through the same warped lens, you know, <clears throat> so no one's ever going to be good enough or. Uh, he only likes people who are weaker than him, but only so that he can dominate them and treat them badly, not because he likes them or he'll treat them well. And that's why yeah. he's so terrible. <laughs> and so that he can also feel good about himself. Because it seems yep. that he picked Skylar because he wanted to feel smarter. But he was kicked, not kicked out, but he kind of left his grey matter position. And he just wanted to feel intelligent for the rest of his life. So, one, becoming a teacher will make you feel that way because you're smarter than, you know, people you're teaching. Yeah, everybody else time. in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Although as a teacher, I I'm always happy to sort of not admit that like you can tell when someone's smarter than you, even if they're younger than you, because even if they don't know as much, you can kind of still tell. Does, does that make sense? Right. Like yeah, that yeah. person's trajectory is going that way, and it's like you know. And I think that Walt just doesn't see it. He's one of those teachers who would probably never see it that way, and probably be right. like, I'm always the smartest guy in the room. It's like yeah, okay. 
And you can see it in his students. Like none of his students ever respected him. We saw that like in the very first episode. Jesse had terrible um, memories of him as his teacher. He did not enjoy learning from Walt. So Walt's not a good teacher because he can't. It, it takes it's the mark of intelligence to be able to learn from others and to admit when someone else knows something you don't because that just means you're more open to learning and at the same time when you're more open to learning you can teach better because you understand what it takes to learn so you kind of need both sides you know and i yeah. don't think walt is open to anything like that so being able to teach i, I don't think he's teaching i think he's dictating and he's trying to you know convey what he feels is important about chemistry but i don't think he's inspiring anybody (laughs) yeah i agree with you man um so back to the episode (laughs) actually wow i was just like reflecting on the notes like wait what where are we (laughs) yeah so okay so hank we understand now is He's kind of resigned to himself as far as what's going to happen because of what happened with Jesse. So what's going to happen to his job? Yeah. Um, Jesse, on the other hand, is having to deal with the aftermath of being almost beaten to death. Uh, so he's in the hospital mm. and he wants blood. You know, he wants he wants basically to haunt Hank for the rest of Hank's life um, because he. I think he feels extra hurt by Hank, not just because of this incident, but several other ones that he's had to deal with. And yeah. And also just generally his, um, his relationship with the law and like police. Yep. Yeah. He kind of, he's kind of, um, like a, like a totem for doing or, or being, um, not good. Because in Jesse's mind, it's not good, you know, but it's like being uh, a narc, <laughs> you know. So he hates authority. He has trouble with authority. And Hank is authority. So he's kind of, he has a reason to hate Hank, but he has more reasons to hate, hate Hank and to really unload on him as far as all his frustrations in the situation. And yeah. um, Walt is like, oh, he's not threatened. Like he, because, Basically, he let Walt know, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, he had all these plans about what he's going to do. And in the tirade that he was making, he let Walt know that he would um, give up Walt and use Walt uh, in order to get out of jail himself. And yeah. so Walt's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not really threatened. He tells Saul that. But Saul's like, you probably should feel threatened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's bluffing. But actually, yeah, I think that he doesn't, I don't know how Walt doesn't see this, boy, not boy, sorry, young man as like a like a loose cannon. Like he, he would probably destroy himself and Walt in the process if he were just angry. Um, Jesse's an extremely I'm attached to my emotions type of person. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he doesn't have a cool head. He kind of takes things to heart has all these specific what viewpoints on the world that just kind of seems like a like he would die with them kind of thing whereas walt is the type of person whose morals kind of shift and kind of camouflage and kind of like whatever makes him look good right and then on top of that he doesn't respect jesse so in that same vein he doesn't take anything that jesse says or conveys Mm -hmm. you know as far as his emotions he sees him as lesser than so he doesn't really 
take anything he does or says very seriously. And yeah. I, that's part of the frustration for Jesse right there is he knows that Walt doesn't see him as any kind of person. He sees almost. him as a tool. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Jesse in this in this scene as well, where he's in the hospital bed and, and he's kind of talking at Walt and saying, you're like, get out of jail free card or something. And he calls him bitch. And I, I love it when Jesse uses the word bitch. It's just the way he says it with such emphasis. Bitch. It's like, okay. I think at this <laughs> point it had adorable. become a meme and they were just kind of going with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, But I think Jesse is so right to kind of blame Walt for his little failed experiment. Not failed, it, it was su successful, but in the end, you know, he, he, he was the one who got the brunt of it. He got, he got beat up. And I think Jesse sees this family connection as more of a negative thing. Um, Walt is really willing to step in for Hank. And um, I think we see... Walt's line throughout this the few seasons that we've seen so far like he Hank is is also Walt's blind spot and I don't think it's because Walt genuinely loves Hank I think it's just because he knows he can't go back from that I think that's his his line you know he'll kill people but he doesn't want harm to come to his uh family or Skylar's family right that's definitely his weak spot right there is his family because he doesn't know how to, like, because he's living a double life, basically, right? But it's yeah. like, how do you, how do you settle that when you've got one life that's so different from the other, and that the other could totally obliterate your other life if they mm -hmm. were to meet, you know? And I don't think he's thought that through in any way. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's almost like the. Um the morals that he holds about like you know protecting his family and being there for his family when when hank's in hospital or whatever it's it's because he he's holding the morals of his previous self or his concurrent self because they're both happening at the same time like you're saying right. they haven't met yet but it's he has to switch hats really quickly um yeah and he's not able, because, you know, at this point, Skylar is still on the fence about how she feels about him. But, mm -hmm. you know, he just, he can't really, those, like you said, they're not, those two lives haven't really met yet, but they're starting to yeah. merge. And he's, you know, he's starting to have to, I guess, explain himself to, to, to Skylar because she does kind of have an idea of what's going on. So in this moment, you know, Jesse's saying he's going to press charges against Hank. So Skylar goes to, to Walt and she's like, I need you to call off Hank, like find a way to make it. So that way Hank doesn't lose his job because at this point he will. And so, you know, he sees that. I think he really wants to like mend what it is, what he, what he has with his wife. And I think he sees this as an opportunity to make her happy as well. Yeah, it's not It's not like he actually cares about Hank that much, I think. Or he might be confused, but you're right. It's very much uh, the wife says, I have to do this, so I'm going to do this. But he actually takes quite a big hit, you know, by making it seem like he's ready to be partners with Jesse after fully going, you know, this is my lab and I don't need you anymore to, you're going to be my lab partner and business right. partner. Well, I think, and I was kind of, when I was looking at my notes before we started this podcast, I, I think, and this is where Walt 
is kind of showing his selfish ass, <laughs> basically. But, you know, he goes into the lab when Fran Fring gives him the lab. He doesn't know that he's going to get a lab partner. But then he meets the lab partner, uh, I think, in the next episode. I think it was like episode six. Yeah. Where he meets the lab partner and they have a lot in common. They have a lot to talk about, you know, and they get along great and everything's going swimmingly, right? So you think. But I'm wondering if at this point, Walt is starting to understand the game, kind of, so to speak. Uh, because, you know, he's got this brand new guy who he doesn't know, who's taking notes from Walt every step of the way of how to make his meth, the meth that he makes, using, you know, the lab that was uh, provided for him via, via Fring. And this guy is also Fring's guy, so he doesn't know Walt. And so I start wondering, okay, is him offering the job to Jesse or saying that he would rather have Jesse there because he wants to help Jesse, because he wants to help Hank, or is it just serendipitous that all these other people would be benefiting from Walt having Jesse work with him instead of Gail, his current uh, lab partner given to him by Fring, if Walt would actually just mostly benefit? And the reason why he's doing this is because he doesn't want Gail to know how to make his meth. Does he understand that Gail knowing how to make the meth without Walt mean that Walt is no longer needed. And if Walt is no longer needed and he knows all these secrets, where does that leave him in the scenario? You know? And I'm yeah. thinking that he knows that. I think that he I think sees he knows it. that he can yeah. manipulate Jesse, but not not someone like, you know, one of Gus's people. I think he's developing a he knows he has a relationship with Jesse. And I don't think he sees Jesse as someone who would um be okay with like Gus killing Walt off. But if right. it's one of Gus's guys, he could, you know, it is kind of like keep your keep your stuff, your meth cooking process to yourself as much as right. possible. And Jesse is kind of an extension of him because he can control Jesse, um, but can't really control uh, you Gale. can't control Gail, right. And I think that, like, he's saving his own ass. It's not really yeah. for Jesse. He's not doing it for Skylar. He's not doing it for Hank. Mm. He's doing it for himself. He's doing it because he knows when he walks into that lab and Gail is dressed like him mm. and Gail is acting like him and talking like him and he's got everything set up exactly the way that uh, Walt wants it. And... So this is what tips me off in that he kind of already knew the game was because mm. the he accuses Gail of setting the temperature too high on uh, or too low. I can't remember one or the other on one of the apparatuses that they use to make the meth. And he's like, great. Now you've just made sludge. Right. And mm. so when he drains the machine it is sludge so that tells me because gail's like well i wrote down what you said i wrote down what you told me and this yeah, was before like what happened yeah. right like this happened before jesse messed up and and got beaten up by hank so that tells me that hank was uh, not hank walt was already well on his way to sabotaging gail uh because he didn't want gail around 
And that was the only way to show, like, see, he's not good. He's not, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna ruin the batch. There's no way I can fulfill the, the order as long as I'm having to work with the lab partner that you gave me. So I need to use my lab partner, you know? Yeah, that's a really good cat. I did not notice that. Um, it's, I think it's one of those things like rewatching kind of sometimes helps with seeing that pattern of like, yeah. when does Walt, especially from the beginning, because I definitely want to, watch this show again at some point in the future like what happens at the beginning when does he can i notice walt's hunger and ambition and thirst for power earlier on is it his interactions with his old car wash boss is it you know what is it about that when do i first see it and i like that you know you're mentioning this part here where he see where you see him start to put it together that gale is more of a threat than just like a helpful lab partner right but like he's a plant not because gail is actually a threat yeah sorry right like it's, he's a plant he's gus's plant yeah. he's yeah. there to take notes and to take over once the three months is over right because that was the point it's like okay for three yeah. months you're gonna do this you're gonna teach my guy how to do this and then when you're mm. done you're done mm -hmm. but does that yeah. mean you live <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah um I think he's just biding his time to sort of figure it out. And also it's a gorgeous lab and he needs to like, I think he, he maybe he's always thinking if he gets enough money, he can sort of put things in place to kind of escape. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, in this episode also, we do see something that I think we mentioned last time about Jesse looking up to Walt because he needs Walt to tell him that his cook was just as good. Yeah. That was so um, sad. Like, I almost wanted to cry for Jesse because yeah. he was just so hurt by the way that Walt talked to him in the car when he showed him, you know, he was so proud of himself for <laughs> yeah. even coming close to what he and Walt did together. And Walt just tore him down. Mm. And I feel like that reminds, probably reminds him of how his father treats him because he's never good enough for his dad. And of course, he does what he always does whenever his dad would probably make him feel bad, which is go do something impulsive, you know? Yeah, or break the rules or something, rebel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also and probably how he felt at school. Right. Because I think, yeah. 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 So in this scene, I mean, he's like, it's your fault. I'm alone. And it's all your fault. Like, this was, the boy needed an Emmy. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <sighs> I, I yeah. think some some of the some of the acting in this not, not some I mean didn't did they get Emmys because I haven't like caught up on the awards Probably. side of the show. Probably, I will yeah. look it up. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Then they uh, Jesse calls him back right, and he's like, "Okay, fifty fifty. I think that's what he needed to hear to actually become partners with him. Um, yeah. yeah. He even told him he's like, you know. They're comparable, I think, were his words. <laughs> the cooks, the the meth that he made was comparable to what he and, and Walt did together. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that really, like, you really think it was good? Like, oh, so sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like one of the, those fuck Walt moments where you're like, yeah. you actual asshole <laughs> for making yes. this poor guy you know whose also face is all beaten up and you just feel extra bad for him yeah like yeah all of walt's mistakes 
get full on to Jesse. Ah. He's like the whipping boy. And it's so sad. Mm -hmm. So then after this happens, of course, you know, he does take Walt's offer to be his lab partner with the at Fring's lab. And at that point, um, because of this, he agrees, he agrees to the job and he also agrees to drop the charges against Hank. So Hank's super excited, very happy. He goes and he buys flowers for his wife because they're going to celebrate this together. You know, this win. They're so beautiful. God dang it. And then he gets a phone call. And the Lord knows he is so paranoid. Mm-hmm. Hank gets a phone call in the car and tells him, you have one minute until they're coming to get you. They're coming to kill you. And he's freaking out. He doesn't have his gun because he had to give it up because he was suspended. So there's no way of defending himself. And he doesn't even know if it's real, you know, because he just got that phone call from he doesn't even know who lying to him about his wife. So who could have been calling him this time? You know? Yeah. He even tries to act tough and, you know, ask if it's Gomez or something. Yeah. And you can just see him like he's scrambling. And then all of a sudden, of course, the, the cartel brothers show up and start blasting. <laughs> yeah. Working in perfect, walking in perfect unison. It was really terrifying because. Yeah. You know, you're just thinking, okay, what, how is he going to survive this? And I was so beyond shocked that he did, um, or barely. But, you know, it's one of those scenes in the show where you think, where you get to see someone's, um, I guess, poten- not potential, but like just how strong-willed Hank is and willing to survive. And, and I think we, we see that in Walt at times as well. Um, but it was, it was a great action scene. I don't have much to say about it, but what, what did you think? Honestly, it's so memorable. Like, as soon as I knew that this episode was coming up, I was excited for it. Just because, you know, Hank is such a superstar. He's so amazing. I love Hank. Um, but he just, he really, outsh- like, he really shined bright in this episode. And in that, those scenes, he really sold it. And like, just the fear in his eyes, but he pushes himself to protect himself because he has such a will to mm. live. He has such a will to keep going despite, you know, everything that's happening to him, all the paranoia that he feels. He's still quick to action, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's very impactful episode. I was looking at the website um, telling us what they won Emmys for. And sure enough, um, Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul, he won an Emmy in 2010 and 2012, which I think covers this season uh, for best supporting or outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. So yes, (laughs) I agree. He deserved it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, It's always like, I don't know if you've seen interviews with the cast and stuff, but it's so weird seeing uh brian who plays walt like outside of his character because he yeah yeah so i mean i know know he he did malcolm in the middle but it's so weird to see him doing comedy or to see him just put up in the middle obviously first like before but i just this show has completely erased that comedic side for me that i haven't almost forgot that he did malcolm in the middle you know yeah it was kind of like um the same kind of cold water uh, effect watching, um, oh gosh, 
as his awful time to lose his name. Uh, the comedian. Oh, God, I don't even know why I brought it up. I can't even remember his name. And he kind of looks like him. Uh, um, what does he do? What, what shows or films? There he is. He's the very first one. And it doesn't give me a dang name. This is awful. I'm a horrible person for not knowing this person's name. Robin Williams, don't oh. even come for me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know? Anyway, what? so Robin yeah. Williams was always doing comedies, but then he did this one, um, he did this one like horror movie where he plays a guy that is in charge or manages a photo developing stand store and he actually i think he kills people like he uh stalks families that develop their pictures with him and he kills them so it was mm. such a difference like to see this comedic actor doing something so yikes yeah. you know so yeah yeah it's the same watching brian cranston with this uh with this oh i want the what's the character. movie name i would ah uh, let me find it i'll find it i mean yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I think I've seen Robin Williams in a few things, like obviously Mrs. Doubtfire and, and um, Dead Poets Society and uh, Good Goodwill Hunting, but I haven't seen him in a in a movie where he is the bad guy. So that would be interesting. I will find it for you. No Definitely. worries. Yeah, but yeah. But so so who in this, do you uh... think made the call. I'm sorry. Who do you think made the call? Oh, I think it was Fring. I do. Two birds, one stone, type of thing. I think so. Yeah, I think this yeah. is all part of his big old chess piece game, you know, where he he was able to manipulate what was happening. And we see that in the next episode, of course, um, because so he kind of pit the DEA and the cartel against each other, right? And yeah. he's monopolized, like, the best meth in the business. He's got him locked up in a lab, making him his money, basically. So it's kind of like, you see, like, it starts to reveal it itself what he's planning or what he's put into motion, where he is taking out the competition, basically. So Walt's not his competition. He just took Walt's uh, talent and talents and is now using them to his own gain. But the other competition that he did have with the with the cartels, well, now they've got a big issue with the DEA because they went after them specifically. And then in, we see in episode eight, um, because, okay, so at the end of episode seven, Hank lives, one of the brothers lives, but he's critically injured, doesn't have his legs, I believe. And um, so the DEA is all at the hospital so they're kind of distracted and fring gets a phone call from uh the cartel boss juan who i guess it was his sons was i'm not really sure how they're related other than they're related right yeah um, but they're he's surrounded by <laughs> yeah and he's surrounded by federales so he gets uh i think he, he gets, gets killed yeah. it's assumed that he was killed by them i'm not sure yeah. um but yeah, so he's killing all these birds with just one stone. Yeah, so I didn't quite get so that scene. Question about that: um, Why are they so the federal? So is, is that the DEA on that side of the border who go after them? Because they went after um, uh, Hank. Is that what happened? 
So basically now they're going to be like investigating. Okay. They're trying to figure out who the cartel brothers are, where they came from, who they're related to. So that kind of sets things in motion where the DEA is like, okay, so if the cartel is here trying to go after the DEA and they are going after the agent that was on the trail of the blue meth, then they must have something to do with each other. So they're going to totally kind of, get off the actual trail and they're going to go on this false kind of uh, clue that they're connected. The blue meth is connected to the cartel and not Fring, you know? Right. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Cause I was just like, Federales is like, not. So that's like police on in Mexico. Yeah. They're like the DEA in Mexico. Oh, okay. So he's got the, so he's got both Fring basically got both police people to to get on the cartel's back kind of thing mm-hmm. ah okay so now he's leading them off the actual right trail and he's also getting rid of competition okay mm-hmm. exactly right. and if he gets rid of hank hank is the only one that's like anywhere close to the truth so if he yeah. can get hank to be off that's even better yeah it's crazy that hank survived like yeah he like, really is lifted up the axe i was like well that's it how is he about to put one bullet in the gun and and, and get away with it and he does and it's like ah okay yeah (laughs) and that axe was sharp oh my god yeah it embedded itself at least two inches (laughs) into the asphalt like what (laughs) it must have been a hot day for the asphalt to be that soft that's that's how i'm gonna explain that one yeah I figured out what movie it is that Robin Williams was in. That's he's yes. the bad guy. It's called One Hour Photo. Okay, I'm adding that. I'm googling from 2002. That. Oh, I love a good 2000s movie. One Hour Photo. Cool. So in the next episode, Jesse gets to have some, um, I guess, karmic justice. To see, yeah, I wrote that too. <laughs> Quick karma <laughs> makes J- Jesse seem okay. <laughs> yep, yep. He gets to see Hank brought in a stretcher, and yeah. you know, Jesse is more than at, at, at this point. Like, I can only imagine that once Hank wakes up, that he's gonna be thinking Jesse was somehow involved in this, you know, because it's yeah. too convenient. Yeah, and also, I was surprised that Jesse didn't like straight up just pull the plug like on hank and just be like oh oops accident but i guess jesse's just not that evil (laughs) right he's so sweet he couldn't even think of that (laughs) um but so in this episode okay so they're in the hospital for a lot of this episode of course because hank is in there yeah. And he's recovering from all his injuries. But mm-hmm. along with that is the cartel brother. And mind you, all the DEA agents are in the hospital in order to support Hank. And they're all giving their blood and stuff. But they're also gawking at this DEA agent. And so, like, once they're in the hospital, uh, they're like, hey, you want to come see the cartel brother that's still alive? And they take Walt over there. And he recognizes Walt from the Heisenberg picture. Yeah, that was, <laughs> he, that was so crazy that no one was like, what's going on? Everyone was just like, yeah, what's he doing? He's crawling on the floor. Okay. 
Yeah, they just figure he's nuts. Maybe he's still, like, you know, rabid, you know, because, I mean, they're probably explaining it away all kinds of different ways, you know? Not even putting two and two together. Like, because, like, why would they? He's just a mild-mannered teacher. Like, they don't even know he's lost his job. So nobody, nobody is suspecting Walt. He's got the best cover. Yeah, it's just, sometimes it's just comical, you know, because <laughs> obviously with as much as we know, we kind of go, we kind of can't see it anymore. But I guess if we didn't know, it would be like, you know, it would be explainable. Like, yeah, well, they just don't know. Um, and it, it was quite terrifying to see the whole like amputation thing. Like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He had no, like, I think he was nothing below the knees, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of gross. Um, then, like, Fring is basically, I mean, Walt's kind of stuck in a position where, like, Jesse is wasting time at the lab, blowing up his little outfit. <laughs> um, yeah. Like a balloon. And kind of saying, where are you, Walt? And Walt's kind of like, you know, obviously he needs time. And Gus mm-hmm. is also ringing him up, and Walt's just lying straight to his face. Um, I think it was interesting, kind of, um kind of show of dominance that Frank did by bringing in all the food and mm-hmm. having all the DEA agents. And I think, uh, I think he's um, Hank's boss was introducing him to the family. And uh, so Walt sees this man who he, you know, it's his boss, right? But he sees how much power he wields over all these men, you know, just by being their friend, being somebody that funds them, that gives them, uh, money. I think at that point he realizes how Fring found out that he was sick uh, with cancer by yeah. talking about how you know he was there um, whenever they were collecting for his uh, surgeries and stuff at the at the mm-hmm. the police station. And I don't know. I mm-hmm. think he kind of understands at that point because, of course, Fring is only there as a distraction so that Mike has an opportunity to get rid of the brother. Because we don't need the brother talking uh, or or being incarcerated yeah, for that loose, matter. Loose and, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah so of course you know Walt's like oh let's let's talk. I honestly, <laughs> it is no wonder that Frank thinks so lowly of Walt for him to like stop him in the middle of that room with all those DEA agents around him in order to like talk to him and like talk about things that maybe he shouldn't be talking about in front of them. Yeah, it was like, very sloppy. <laughs> yeah and like he's just looking around like okay bro smile he's like shake my hand and leave <laughs> oh my god it was so it's so nice seeing Walt in such a vulnerable position though he's like basically not like prostrating like basically just bowing down to free and be like oh my family safe he's very rarely ever that um scared but I also think it maybe from another perspective you could say that that's Walt's way of also asserting dominance he's like i'm gonna come up to you in front of everyone yeah i guess you're right like he did that to like save himself like there's no way that fring could have like been i don't know like don't talk to me or like ran away or like punched him or anything he had to keep acting normal and i think that was walt's way of like being able to contact him and get assurance immediately rather than be patient show respect contact him the normal way you know right Kind of ballsy. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Fring like noticed it and he probably was like, you know, noted. Like 
Mm-hmm. You're not afraid to talk about this stuff with me in front of the DEA agents that are all around me. That could ruin him, you know, and, and I think Walt knew that and he used that. Right. And of course, we find out at the end of this episode that Hank lived. So he didn't die. Yeah. He was able I, to overcome He, made it. <laughs> he like, was able yeah. to overcome it. Yeah, I genuinely would like, oh man, what's the show going to be like without Hank being that kind of cat and mouse thing with 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 Walt? So it's really mm-hmm. it was really nice to see that he survived. Yeah. Yeah, did you think he was dead? Do you think did you think he was going to die? Yeah, I was like, well, I didn't I it was like, you know, I remember hearing uh accidentally googling like, oh, you know, Hank killed by Jesse or some random shit. I don't know. I remember you saying, oh, it's a joke, or don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. So I keep thinking, is Hank going to die? Is Hank going to die? When's he going to die? You know? Um, so it was like... Yeah. Re- I was I thinking, like, when you told me that, I'm like, shit, I can't tell her the truth. I'm yeah. just going to tell her the opposite, and the show's just going to keep throwing her off. So it's fine. And the show does, you know, you just don't know. I think it's it's very close to that happening, and then it doesn't happen. And it's kind of like, well, you know? <laughs> yep. Um, yeah yeah but so in the yeah in the next episode so this is where we're kind of like all right getting into the next arc basically i think it's setting it up but Mm -hmm. we see that um oh it opens up with that boyos hermanos commercial and it's kind of like a commercial for the meth that they're making it's kind of hilarious i thought that was clever um but we see Jesse and Walt like doing their thing, making the meth. Yeah, like clockwork. So cool. yeah. yeah. And Jesse realizes that they're way over in the amount that they're going to give up for their first batch. And he's pissed. You know, he's like, yeah. basically, I, I wrote down that Je- Jesse's unhappy with the pay, right? He's unhappy with the fact that they're giving away free meth. And Walt is like, got this boomer work ethic about it where he's like just be happy just be happy but i was like you know they're talking in the lab so that Mm. place is definitely bugged like there's no way that any conversation they're having in there is private and jesse's just running his mouth (laughs) yeah yeah he's like fuck the boss not really but you know what i mean essentially like what the fuck is this Mm -hmm. bullshit i paid for what we're making and and yeah well i think i wrote down surprising because i thought walt was the power hungry money hungry one but i think this episode kind of shows us a little bit of jesse's um ego as well which we i feel like we rarely see yeah right like we know that he's all about getting paid and how he wants money and it it becomes like a running theme in the episode because Mm. later you know, we see him talking to Saul because Saul's trying to get him to understand that, hey, you're making all this money. You're not going to be able to do a whole bunch with it unless you clean it, you know, get it working. And the way to do that is to pay taxes on it somehow. And he's like, what do you mean pay taxes? Like, he's mm-hmm. just so against uh, d- being legit in any way. Like, he is so, so much aversion towards any kind of nine to five type life. Because he's like, I'm a criminal. I don't do that. (laughs) Just so funny. Yeah. And he's, and then of course, he's like, like a rebel here. Definitely. Yeah. Goes back to his boy. He really does think he's a rebel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nostalgic for the outlaw days of like, I feel like, 
that was also a massive part of his um like leaving his i don't know middle class lifestyle and just being like mm. i want to rebel and like yeah be almost caught. it's not so much oh i can safely make 1.5 million and never be caught and never like feel like i own the streets because really gus would own them and you're just you're just his like lab person he doesn't want that that's not part of his identity it's his identity is captain cook it's right you're right i think i remember we talked about this where it's like why does jesse do this because it's not like he has to he comes from a good family a good upbringing he had you know everything he could have wanted he didn't grow up poor so he wasn't desperate so he wasn't driven to this by his circumstance he went to this type of life and i think we see now where it's kind of translating to where it he can't even exist in a way that resembles a normal life even if it's still mm-hmm. a crime he can't even do that yeah it's it's uh, kind of sad because like he's given a few different ways out, and I I completely get that, you know when he went to apply for that job and the guy was like, no I'm not going to give you this, but you can you know stand outside and hold a hold a poster or something. I kind of get why why Jesse ended up going to selling meth again because he's like that won't make me enough money. Um, right, he doesn't want to start at the bottom in anything. In anything, yeah. But then with this, it's almost like, damn, you were really given a stable option. Like after all the shit that he went through with like Jane and stuff like that, why wouldn't he want that? And um, I think in, to an extent, it kind of probably stems from his childhood stuff and like self-sabotage and wanting to be on the edge and like feeling like life's only worth living if you're just being caught. Um, right. Maybe. Yeah. So this yeah, episode is I... essentially that right it's all about him kind of processing how to get the gang yeah. back together and steal from frame exactly like this whole episode is kind of like showing how jesse just can't help himself and mm. when it comes to sabotaging a good thing you know he, it can't just be normal mm. it can't just be a, a smooth road it has mm-hmm. to be bumpy because if he sees things going too easy, he needs to muck it up. Like he just can't help himself. <laughs> and to yeah. see him kind of orchestrate this uh, new business venture that he decides to use his AA group to sell the over uh, the overage that he has in in meth and steal that meth from Fring. I mean, it's nothing but profit, right? So, I mean, it was too good of a deal. He couldn't pass it up. Yeah. It was sad, but it was it was almost like he... You you see his, his bad side as well, like in that stuff. I, I feel like ever, ever since Jane died, he kind of has given up this um, concept of being the good guy. Yeah. Like, he had his opportunity. He was at that crossroads... And he made his choice. And like he still could have made the choice to go off on his own. He didn't have to, you know, after Jane died, he didn't have to go back to the life he was living before Jane. But he chose. He chose to do that anyway. Yeah. It's really sad. Right. You know, in this episode, Walt seemed to be having a... Like, I was trying to understand what Walt was going through because he seems to be kind of 
struggling. I think that everything that Jesse was telling him about, you know, about the money and how much money he's not making and how much he should be making, all of this that he was saying inside the lab, I don't think that was true. I think that was for show for the cameras. And I think he's like the gears are really turning for him. He really is thinking about what the long game is when it comes to Frank. And then seeing what happened to Hank and how that could have been him. I think he realized when the cartel brother tried to come after him in the hospital, I think he realized then, and that's why he went up to Fring, that they were actually intending to kill him, not Hank. And I think that kind of is messing with him now because I don't think he understands where he stands in all of this. And he's definitely not in control. And I think it's messing with his head. So he did that thing where he closes his eyes while he's driving, almost gets run over by an 18-wheeler, almost loses control of his car, and almost, you know, gets himself killed. Yeah. But why? You know, and I, I think it's because mm. he's kind of freaking out about where he's at in the situation. Yeah, I think the, these, especially the, the whole road and closing your eyes thing almost feels like the crossroads thing, but letting letting the universe kind of dictate what happens as opposed to controlling it and getting back on track. And I feel like he prob possibly feels like uh, at this point, no matter what he does, he's lost a certain amount of control because he, he is now Heisenberg. You can't un-Heisenberg yourself, you know. You're kind right. of under the control of Gus. He knows you make this meth. You're kind of stuck with yourself because if you give him this product, this recipe, you abandon the ego that you attach to so so much. You know, right? Because it's not like I, I think he just yeah. There's just no way out for him. I think yeah. He can't strong arm Fring like he just did Jesse for taking his you know his yeah. his meth. Once he gives it up to Fring. Mm. He's given it up as to what happens to how to, to Walt after that as anyone's guess. And I think that's messing with mm. him too. Yeah. Yeah. And then after he hears, cause like, okay, so Hank is awake. He's talking, talks to Gomez who walks in and lets him know, Hey, there's a large amount of blue meth on the market. Now he's, he's hoping to make him feel better. He's like, that doesn't make me feel better. I can't do anything about that. And then he mm. reveals to everybody in the room that he actually got a warning phone call. And at this point, Walt didn't know that. And so he hears this and he kind of puts two and two together that it was more than likely Fring that warned Hank about it. And I mean, why would he warn him if it wasn't to try to keep him alive? I'm not sure. Or maybe because I, he wanted him to kill the cartel guys. Like, he wanted to give him a fighting chance because if he could get rid of the cartel guys and Hank at the same time, you know? Because if, if he didn't warn Hank, then those cartel guys more than likely would have been very successful in killing Hank. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I thought it was a two birds, one stone thing. But not only because he wants the DEA and the Federales to, like, you know, get the cartel and, uh, you know, wipe the business, the competition out. I think it was also because Hank and the cousins would have just both died in a shootout but somehow yeah. Hank survived and one of the cousins survived so yeah mm. he took what he can get basically in the situation yeah and I, I, like, I like Gus's controlled chaos because he will cause chaos but it's like 
very much like a chess game. Like, okay, if I do this, these guys are probably going to blow each other up. Um, he kind of seems to be that kind of version of Chaos, whereas Jesse or Walt have their own type as well. I think mm -hmm. Walt's more like Gus than Jesse, of course. In terms of planning ahead and creating chaos in that way. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so he meets with him. Walt meets with Fring. And he kind of just tells him everything he knows. You know, like, I think he just wanted Fring to know that he could understand what Fring was putting down, so to speak. Mm. But in the same token, like, he comes out with, like, all these accusations. But then towards the end, it looks like he thinks that Fring saved his life. That Fring... Was but was he being altruistic? Does Walt think he was being altruistic? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he trusts Spring like enough to care. Like I think he thinks in the end that he's probably going to be killed off somehow by Spring. I think for now he saved him for whatever. Reason. I think oh, like he's Walt buying himself time. Selfish enough to be happy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and of course. Fring offers him protection, and now they've made a new um, decision that they're going to be, he's going to work with him all the time for 15 million a year. Yeah. I don't know if that's like half and half for him and, and, and Jesse, or is Jesse still only going to get 1.5 million? <laughs> yeah, right. And like, just keep it like on the down low. <laughs> that would be impossible. Right. right? Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure they know that that would end badly if they were to to put one over on him like that. Yeah, I think I think everyone and Spring included, he kind of prefers peace and control over like dividing them up. I don't know. I I don't know what the next move is, but it seemed like at the beginning he was trying to divide them, and now it's like okay, whatever you want your lab partner back, cool. Um, just make me my meth. But I guess Fring's long-term plans would be to get this recipe or to figure something out because otherwise why would he have hired Gale and not just, you know, yeah. I don't know. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think that him allowing Gale to go away um, or to be fired, right, and to bring on Jesse is not going to be without a, a plan, like Time a plan B. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think we're going to see more of Gale. Has a plan. Backup plans. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting um, to see Beneke act the way he did in this episode when he shows up at Skylar's house after not having seen mm -hmm. her for a while. Because as we know, she was starting to feel a little empathy for, for Walt. So she wasn't really coming around to see him as much. And then, you know, Hank almost gets murdered. So she's been really busy, and Beneke's kind of, uh, kind of needy. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up, and he's, like, demanding, yeah. not demanding, but, like, strongly suggesting that she spend more time with him. Mm -hmm. He's like, we kind of need to talk, and she's, like, basically saying, they're done, there's nothing to talk about, and she needs to right. spend time with her family. And he kind of forces her hand, doesn't he? And then she kind yeah. of lashes out at him. I mean, rightly yeah, so. Because Maria's there, and as far as Marie knows, that's just his boss, her boss rather, and that he gave Hank a really nice um, gift basket. 
But yeah. he's like, oh, well, you know, let's just make it public. You're divorced. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. fine. And he's ready yeah. to, like, come on out in the open and show her family that they're together. And she's like, hold your horses, big boy. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. In that moment, whose side were you kind of on? I guess I feel bad for Ted because he didn't. I was. He doesn't. I think in that moment, I was on Skylar's side because I'm just yeah. like, you know, neither of those men are worthy of her. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, she deserves a good man that's going to treat her right. And both of these guys are selfish. That's how I see them, at least. No, yeah, yeah. And, and they, but yeah, it seems like no one's really checking in with what she wants or allowing her the time and space to decide because both men have these like flaws and mistakes. And they're kind of like, well, you should just love me anyway. Um, yeah and she isn't like them she very entitled yeah they're very entitled yeah 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 for sure and also like she is right in saying you know she's got a family emergency and he doesn't seem to be realizing that she needs to attend to that like her brother-in-law was right just brutally attacked so <laughs> he's very like, hello <laughs> it's not about you right now Vanicky. i'm sorry that we can't you know consummate our constant need to be together but warm i'm busy yeah 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 i thought it was great it was so okay so in this episode we finally reveal to marie at least that they are sitting on seven figures i think he said at mm. least mm -hmm. and so marie's like what and so we mm. get to see skylar kind of come up with the perfect lie on the fly or at least it looks that way mm -hmm. and Walt's just sitting there like, wow, like, yeah, you dummy, you never thought to say any of this. <laughs> she had to be the one to come up with this awesome lie that you yeah. have a gambling problem. You, you and, realize just how freaking useful Skylar is. Yeah, exactly. And you realize that she has it in her, you know, and it's just about tapping into it. And and he, I'm sure he's looking at that like that day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if she appreciated that. Like, I don't think she liked that she had to lie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that she kind of called him on a lot of stuff because she even said he's too proud to take charity. So I like you could see his face where it was like having to be faced with the truth like that. And he couldn't like yeah, say she, no, she, couldn't argue. So smart. She found a way to make it um what's it called like real like send him a real message as opposed to just go okay here's our lie and everything's perfect like she still communicated to him his bullshit in front of yeah. everyone else and i think that that was really good um and what was the other thing i was thinking uh i think both him uh walt and ted they might like skylar more for her ability to sort of help them and support them but like you were saying you know maybe we don't maybe Skylar doesn't like it that she has to lie that she has to cook Ted's books I think she has morals where she will you know put her neck out for her partner yeah she doesn't like the fact that she's basically dating a crook right like she doesn't enjoy it but I think yeah. she realized that if she could do it for Ted mm -hmm. she could have been doing it for her own husband the father of her children and yeah. I think that hypocrisy wasn't sitting well with her. I mm. think 
Like there was that scene where she was standing on the uh, bathroom floor that she had previously been like raving about how wonderful it was. And then all of a sudden when she's standing on it, she doesn't like the way it feels. Yeah. Uh, not is, is I think she realized what a hypocrite she was being because that floor was paid for with criminal money. Whereas mm-hmm. she refused the criminal money that saved her husband's life, you know? Yeah. And I think that hurt her to think of it that way. And it, she started looking at it from a completely different perspective. And I think she kind of took a page from Marie because Marie was like, she was so understanding. Even before her own husband told her what was bothering him, she'd already had it figured out, you know? And Skylar didn't even, it didn't even occur to her. She was so quick to want to blame him for stuff or accuse him of things without even considering that maybe his intentions were actually good or that his intentions were not that they were good, but that he had good reason, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And I think if he felt vulnerable enough to share that with her and trust her enough, then she would have been able to steer him onto the right path, at least a little bit more so than where he is now. Because, you know, it's kind of like, okay, set your boundaries. If this is really for us, you'll stop at a certain point. Right. You know, projecting that on, not projecting, like giving him that direction would have stirred them together to be together for longer, I think. If, if and I think that's what Walt's, Marie and Hank do for each other. Yes, yes, I totally agree. So if Hank, if Hank, if Walt had just, instead of taking it upon himself, if he could share the stage, because I think that's his problem too. It's like he wants to be the star. He wants to be the guy, right? But instead of doing that or feeling like him and his wife are like a team, he did thing, he did things on his own. He was hiding everything when instead maybe he could have just come right out and said, hey, this is what's happening. Like, he didn't even want to tell her that he had cancer. You know, he was going to hide it till he died. But if he told her he had cancer and if he told her that they were going to struggle, like, I see that she wanted to do things the quote unquote right way by receiving charity from people. But if he could just, I feel like he had to force her hand. I don't know if she would have agreed to doing something criminal, but maybe if she had been willing they could have done things smarter (laughs) maybe with less bloodshed (laughs) yeah 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 i think again and like we said i don't know if it was the last episode or this episode when you think you can do it all alone and you keep doing that one you're not inviting anyone in your life to sort of balance you out or help you or direct you in in a better way and also you, you will end up hurting yourself and other people around you because there's you know like it says they say it takes a village to raise people or kids or whatever Mm -hmm. i think it takes a village forever you need community and you need to be honest with at least one other person in your life about what you're doing and it's just so sad to see a family broken apart because the couple weren't really a couple yeah they weren't they did not confide in each other they didn't talk to each other they were both holding secrets from each other because it's It's obvious to me now, after having seen the show several times, that there was something between her and Ted before. Yeah. When she worked with him before. So Mm -hmm. how far it went, I'm not sure. But that picture sure looked like a lot more than just 
looks, you know, mm-hmm. Not, more than just glances at each other across the room. I think they had something happening. And I think that she quit her job because she knew that if she didn't, they were going to get caught. Right. And, and so, like, for me, I think they're both so from hiding from each other. Yeah. Yeah, we get we get introduced to that that very early on because we, we see them separately, don't we? Like we see Walt in season one, like episode one, um, reflecting on himself, and he just seems so sad. And then when they have their little party for him, he seems surprised and not actually overjoyed by it. Yeah, so they're not giving each other what they want or what they need. They're just kind of going, "Well, you better freaking appreciate this because this looks good or something." Um, so yeah, it's sad. Yeah, she was a little domineering, just a little bit. It's <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It's great think, seeing them change, though. <laughs> yes, like I think that's how they get you. You know how how they kind of rope you into feeling empathy for 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 Walt. You know because of how domineering she is towards him at the beginning of the show. Like just how much she disregards his feelings and his, um, I guess person you know because she she just sees him as her husband and how he should be doing things a certain way but she doesn't nurture the other parts of him that don't benefit her yeah yeah it's fascinating this this show teaches us a lot about the the impacts of neglect yeah 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 i agree especially within a within a relationship or a marriage Well, I'm looking forward to the next episode. So we're going to be doing episode 10, 11, 12. Yes. And then right after that, we'll be doing the finale for season three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. And then soon after moving on to season four. So exciting times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. Looking forward to it. I hope you guys join us next week. Um, Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.